0: Okay, since Timmy uh, saying to me, now I'm going to request a birthday present. Can we do that, Craig? Okay, is that, is that and, and here's my present, okay? Um, I love the fact that uh, more and more parents today, I mean, when I was in church 55 years ago, uh, we all got shoved in the nursery crying or not, but that's not really where people People are at today. Much um, we we bring them in, and that's great. I love to have them. But did you know that we have these two rows here, MD, reserved for children, uh, families with small children. So these are for you. And knock knock. How are you in here? Hi, Chad. You already made it in. Hi, Ash. Uh, so if if you have a child and they get fussy, and hey, that happens once in a while. Would you do this ADD pastor a big favor? Okay. <laughs> Did you know I had ADD? You probably already figured that out, didn't you, Michael? Uh, anyway, uh, make your way on back there, and, and probably you won't bother the other people, but uh, my brain doesn't work so good when, when uh, I'm thinking about three things at once. Okay? Oh, yeah. Well, thanks, Michael. Thank you. Um, let's see. We're going to talk today about children. And I think, Henry, and I think you might agree, uh, the hardest, most difficult, and challenging job on earth is watching over babies and young children and uh, and I think the reason for that is Burl you, can, you don't get a break I mean if, if you could just say okay now you guys just stay in place for the next hour and I'm gonna go do my own thing but it doesn't work that way does it Bri? Uh when you have children when you got babies they need constant attention They need constant supervision. They need to be fed. They need to be changed. They need to be burped. They need to be, well, we could just keep going on for a while, but you understand. So those of you who right now, that's your focus, Jen, hats off to you, okay? Your hardest working uh, folks there, and and I believe the Lord is smiling at you even right now for that. So so thank you. Um, But the reason we're talking about babies this way is today in Acts chapter 2, there's a whole bunch of babies who uh, come on the scene in the brand new church. Uh, matter of fact, if you turn to Acts chapter 2 with me right now, you'll see that um, it's recorded that 3,000 people respond to Peter's very first sermon in the church age. Okay, So he gives the very first sermon, and 3,000 people the first day in the church say yes and uh, then they choose to go public with it and get baptized. So if you go back to chapter 1 and verse 15 of Acts, you see there's 120, and they would be like the adults, and now you got 3,000 babies who just got added to the very first church of Jerusalem. Jim, no pastor, no programs. they got no curriculum. They've got no structure. They've got no building. They've got nothing to take care of of 3,000 babies. And now they got to get busy because um, it's not going to be long. Matter of fact, next Sunday, probably just a few weeks later, the new church comes under attack, and there's hostility, and uh, the Jews are not going to be happy with this group of people who are continually adding people to their number. Um, And remember, if you have your Bible, look at verses 9 through 11 of chapter 2, Many of these who accepted Christ of the 3,000, I would argue probably most, lived hundreds and even thousands of miles outside of Jerusalem. They were from Italy, Turkey, Greece, Northern Africa, Syria, Lebanon, Iraq, modern-day Jordan. They're from all over the place, and they've come as observant Jews to this festival And now they've come to faith in Jesus Christ. And and they just planned on coming for a week or so, but now they're hanging on because they need to learn about who they are in Jesus Christ. So in Acts chapter 2, we get the story here at the last uh, few verses how the brand-new church existed dealing with 3,000 brand-new baby believers. It's very interesting. We're going to start with verse 41. We'll read down through the end of the chapter. How did they do it? What was their plan? We're going to take a peek. Let's stand together. Let's out loud declare God's word. Jail put it up here on the wall for us to read out loud. Are you ready? This is God's word. Let's declare it together. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Let's pray. Lord, uh, that's a powerful strategy that we just read. How uh, you wisely showed Peter and the apostles how they should take care of 3,000 baby believers, it's uh, its brilliant. So we want to say thank you for uh, showing them, and Lord, thank you for preserving for us that strategy. And Lord, I'm praying that you might show us here in your church at Walloon um, how we're doing when it comes to lining up your church here with this very first church there in Acts chapter 2. And Lord, in Places where we're coming up short, Lord, would you make it clear? Lord, uh, some things that need adjusting, would you make that obvious and clear? So we ask that corporately for this church. And Lord, we ask now personally that we might be able to see how these principles apply to our own lives as individuals. Lord, Lord, show us how these principles relate to us in our marriage and in our families. We just ask again, Lord, speak. The very same spirit that we saw come down and indwell and baptize those believers back in uh, the day of Pentecost, we believe that very same spirit's with us today. So you come and mold and shape. We, uh, We choose right now to lean and depend on you. May streams of living water flow in your church here today. And all the church gathered at Walloon Lake said with one voice, You may be seated. Nice job, Penny. I heard you. So, how do you deal with 3,000 babies? <laughs> uh, and, and I'm sure, you know, they're, they're thinking, Well, we were hoping for a good response, you know, maybe 30 or 40, maybe 300. Uh, but 3,000? And remember, there's 120 of them who were meeting, and now they got 12 apostles, and you have uh, another 108 of them who are now more mature in Christ. But now you got 3,000 brand-new babies. How do they deal with it? What, what's their strategy? Um, here's how they dealt with that overwhelming task. First, verse 41, those who accepted Peter's message were, what does it say, verse 41? Okay, we got three Baptists in the house, because I'm sure if we had Baptists, they would've, you would have gotten that one. Okay, so verse 41, are you ready? Here we go. Very first thing that happened, those who accepted Peter's message were, what does it say? There you go. And about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Um, they responded to the message about Jesus Christ. They said, yes, I believe, I receive, and I'm not sure if he had them raise hands. I'm not sure if he had them all come forward to the front of the temple. I'm not sure if he had them kneeling. But somehow it was obvious they were responding to Peter's message. And then they really went bold, and as observant Jews... They got baptized. Now please understand, this was radical. They were publicly acknowledging, yes, we were Old Testament observant Jews, but now we've given our life and we've received this Jesus Christ as our Messiah. We believe he is what the Old Testament was predicting and looking forward to. So now they're going public with their new faith in Jesus Christ. I just can imagine, if I'm one of those 3,000, Craig, all the different excuses I would have for not getting baptized. Um, I'm already a religious Old Testament follower of Jehovah, and if you go back into the Old Testament, there was lots of ceremonies regarding water and purification. I'm sure some of them would be arguing in their head, you know what, I've already done some stuff religiously with water, I think I'm good. I don't think I need that. And yet, 3,000, these are all Jews at this point, they're in, they're in Jerusalem for this festival when the day of Pentecost comes. Immediately Peter starts preaching and 3,000 of them say, yes, I believe. And catch this, and now 3,000 of them go public. Can you imagine now? I I bet it took hours. Even if all 12 apostles are going at it, it took a long time for 3,000 of them to get baptized. Yep, I'm I'm a follower of Jesus. And and even though I was raised in a religious family, even though I was an Old Testament follower of Jehovah God, they were told the command of Jesus is this, go, baptize and then it says teach in Matthew 28. Did you know that? Go. Peter's went right out to the crowd, huge crowd. Josephus says as many as a million would, would come on to Jerusalem for this festival, and he's went out, and 3,000 say yes, and 3,000 of them go public that they love Jesus and are going to follow him. Now, most important thing the main thing as a follower of Jesus Christ is, are you ready? Are you really a follower of Christ? Or do you just show up here on Sunday morning and you go through the religious motions? I think some of the most frightening words in all of the Bible is when Jesus says, away from me, I never knew you. I never knew you. Yeah, I, I know you, 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 you got your name in the church phone directory, and I get it, your name was even on the nursery list, and you were food pantry and ushers, and, and, and you came to church and you did some religious stuff. I, I get that, but, but I never knew you. And Matthew records that many on the day of judgment, Jesus will say, I never knew you. Depart. 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 (laughs) Revelation chapter 20 and verse 15 says this. uh, Is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? Do you know for certain that Jesus Christ has changed you from the inside out? Listen closely. Do you know that you know that you know that the spirit of Christ has taken up residence in you? Because that's the most important thing. And that's how the church begins. 3,000 of them said yes, and then 3,000 of them said, and I'm willing to declare it publicly, and they did that through baptism. So, are you a follower of Jesus? Is it possible that Jesus might look at you and say, uh, I, I know you knew about me, but we never had a personal connection. You never invited me into your life. You never said, I do by faith. I never took up residence in you through my spirit. The real church is made up of saved, redeemed, forgiven, transformed, indwelt by the Holy Spirit people. And on this day, 3,000 of them went public. Now please understand, the water didn't save anybody. The water was just a declaration of obedience. Yep, it's true, it's real, and now I don't, I don't care. And, and in this society, this would have been a hostile act. This would have been perceived very negatively by many in the crowd. And yet 3,000 of them said, yes, I'm a follower of Jesus. Second way the brand new church dealt with 3,000 baby believers Verse forty-two. Look at it with me. It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Let's stop there. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Um, do we have any uh, teachers here this morning? Anybody? Teacher, school teacher? Anybody got? Oh, no, Blanca. There you go. Now, just imagine this: three thousand people have just enrolled in your school, and they're all in kindergarten. Okay, can you, can you just think about that? 3,000 kindergartners just showed up for class on the first day because that's exactly what the 12 apostles have, okay? They've got 3,000 kindergartners, and now what are we supposed to do? And I'll tell you what they did. Th- they went to work. A- and they devoted, the 3,000 devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. So I I can just picture 12 of them. Can you imagine? 12 of them are teaching 3,000, and they're just going crazy because we got to get busy. this This is huge. The task is overwhelming, but here we go. And before we go any further, I just want you to know that the apostles were the 12 that Jesus chose. But they were down one, and his name was, who was missing right now? Judas. Judas has already betrayed Jesus. He's already went out and hung himself. If you go back to Acts 1 verse 26 they did choose Judas's replacement. His name was, extra credit, anybody? Matthias. Yeah. So Matthias is number 12 and later on we're going to read 1 Corinthians 15, 7 to 10 there's a 13th. Anybody know his name? It's the Apostle Paul. So you got the 12 now. With Matthias, And then you have later Paul, chosen in a little different way. 1 Corinthians 15 says, but those are the apostles. And here's what's important for you to know. The apostles were the sources and the writers of what we call the New Testament. You tracking with me? So, so when we talk about the apostles' teaching today, well, what are we talking about? We're talking about Matthew to the book of Revelation because those were the apostles were the source, or the apostles were literally the physical writers of the New Testament. So now, when it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, for us, that would be they were devoting themselves to what? The Word of God. Uh, the apostles were teaching the facts and the truths about Jesus and how to live the Christian life before they actually wrote it down. Tracking with me? So before they wrote it, pen to parchment, John and, uh, and Matthew and some of the others, they actually were teaching it now here to the 3,000. The apostles' teaching, let me say it again, today it's the New Testament. Um, two words I want to draw your attention to, okay? Go back to verse 42. It says that they devoted themselves... Every day, verse 46. Verse 47 talks about daily. So they're at the apostles' feet, um, sitting down. Um, I doubt they had 3,000 chairs. Um, They're they're now gathered around the apostles, probably in 12 little groups. And now the time is short, and it's not going to be very long before persecution is going to come pressure is going to increase um, it's not going to be long before think with me now they're going to have to go back home they came for the festival and now they've responded to the message of peter they've said yes they've gotten baptized and now they're about to scatter back home time is short now i need to cram here i need to devote myself to learn and that's exactly what they're doing they knew they didn't have time ta- a long time Pain and punishment are coming. We're going to look at that starting next week. But they were devoted daily to the apostles' teaching. And that's the second word I want you to see. It says they were, verse 42, devoted, committed, hungry. Uh, They were like sponges here. And anything they could learn about Jesus and the cross and the gospel and the facts of how to live out the Christian life, they were all about the apostles' teaching. Where the Spirit of God is alive and active, there is a love and a hunger for God's Word. It's present. It's alive. That's what John Stott, one of my favorite commentators, wrote. Wherever the Spirit of God is alive and active, there's going to be alive and active a hunger and a love for God's Word, present and alive. Like newborn babes, crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. 1 Peter 2.2. Two. How often, Caroline, you must be like an expert here, uh, how often does a baby need feeding? Think with me now. How, how often do you got to feed a baby either milk or formula? And the answer is, how often? You know, Every two hours, Yeah. Yeah, like, like it's a lot, Henry. And it's like you just feed them and you burp them and then you change them and then it's time repeat the process. Exactly. Um, again, I just want you to understand, these are babies. And Peter writes, just like a baby needs milk, guess what? These brand new believers, they need lots of milk. They need lots of teaching. They need lots of attention. And that's exactly what they're getting right here. They're, they're hungry, and now they're being fed, and they are devoted to being fed. So here is another question. How hungry are you for God's word, the Bible? If you could just be as honest and blunt as possible, just think, you don't have to answer out loud, but, but are you, like, like starving daily? Daily? To feed on God's word? Are are you devoted to getting in there and digging in? And and, and I just want you to understand where the spirit of Jesus Christ is alive and well, it just naturally goes with that, a hunger and a desire to feed yourself on the apostles' teaching. Matthew to Revelation. And uh, if a child then quits nursing and refuses to eat think with me now um what's up if you have a baby and now suddenly two hours carolina doesn't want to eat and now it's four hours and still not hungry and you're trying to get it to nurse or trying to get it to to take the bottle and it still won't eat something's wrong right something's i don't know what's wrong but something is wrong because a baby is just naturally going to be hungry for milk and followers of Jesus Christ we should be hungry for the book and and I just want you to know if you're here today and you just be honest enough to say you know what I'm just not really that hungry then here's what I know um, something's wrong I, I don't know what's wrong could be one of probably 50 or 100 different things but if you're not hungry for the word something's wrong And I would challenge you, would you start asking the Lord, Lord, I'm just not very interested. I just find it kind of dull and boring. I don't really have time for it. Um, if, if that's where you're at today, would you ask the Lord to show you? I believe he'll show you what's wrong. Or maybe you're here and maybe you've been asking, I would encourage you, we have a prayer chapel and a prayer team. Did you know that? And they'll pray with you about that. So maybe you're here today and and maybe you'd make your way after this service over there and they'll lift you up and they'll pray with you and pray for you and and, and join with you. Show you clearly, why is it you're not hungry? One last thing before we move on. We are blessed here at Walloon with many gifted and talented teachers and trainers of God's Word. We're gifted. We, We are blessed. We got lots of them. So if you're here today and you're hungry and maybe you're still young enough in the faith, you don't know how to feed yourself, see me after this service. I'll direct you to someone. I'll listen closely, and I'll try to get you connected to a good place where you can get taught and trained because it starts, you got to be fed, and then over time, you can learn to feed yourself. Third way the early church dealt with 3,000 babies. Verse 42. Here we go. Um, They were devoted... To one another to the fellowship slide down to verse 44 all the believers were together and had everything in common verse 45 they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need um, news break did you know that lots of folks don't like those verses <laughs> uh, pastor Jeff what are you, are you teaching us communism here <laughs> Some would say, no, maybe that's just some ugly version of socialism um, where you are forced to come together and live in a commune and you can't own any property. Um, I, I would say, first and foremost, you ready? No one is forcing the early church to do anything here. There is no government attempting to force the early church to take care of one another. It was entirely voluntary. You're tracking with me so so first of all, this was voluntary. Second, they're meeting in the houses, so clearly, Jim, they still have houses. It's not like they sold everything because they're still meeting in houses that apparently they still own. so they didn't sell everything because they're still meeting in houses. Um, again, what you have here is three thousand people, track with me. they have Jesus Christ in common. Most of them lived hundreds and thousands of miles away. They weren't planning on staying this long in Jerusalem. One, 9 to 11, tells you where they were from. So the only way they could exist was for the church family now to be generous and take care of each other. Does it make sense? The only way they were going to be able to stay and learn and grow and get grounded is if they willingly gave and sacrificed for each other. No one was forcing them. It was voluntary. But I think the principle is this. Are you ready? If you're taking notes, here's the enduring principle. In the church body, in the family of Christ, we're called to be generous and take care of each other. And that's not a mandate. It's not, Henry, sell your boat, sell it, and I want you to go take care of. No, that's not, it's not being ordered. It's not mandated. No one is being forced. This is, the Lord speaks and makes it clear, and and as I have opportunity, I willingly, generously take care of my brothers and sisters in need. Now, why would I do that? Why would we do that? Burl, why, why would I want to give of my hard-earned money? Or why would I... It says they were selling stuff to take care of needs. Why would I want to sell one of my favorite toys to take care of someone else? Are you ready? There's an answer. And the answer is, we serve a generous God. And, and the only answer that makes sense here is we serve a generous God who willingly gave us the best and the most precious, his son, Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity. And and why did Jesus Christ come to earth? Think with me now. He came so that he would give his all, his life, allow his body and his blood to be offered for us and gave all for you and me. So, we have amazingly generous God the Father giving us his Son. And now we have God with skin on offering his life for us. And now he gives us eternal life. And we've got this future that's out of this world. And he gives us his Holy Spirit. And he gives us his word. And oh, yeah, we got this family called the church. Did you know that you are like really rich and blessed? because of who you are in Jesus Christ. Did you know that? And and if you are here, and you know Jesus Christ, here's what I know is true about you, and it's true about me too. Did you know like we're billionaires, spiritually speaking? We are blessed. Our, Our socks have been blessed off. All because of who we are, and what God the Father, and God the Son, and God the Spirit, and all the wonderful things He's done in our lives. We are blessed. How could we not in return be anything but generous with one another in response? How how could we not? When when you recognize who we are and what's been done and what's in store for us, well, it's just obvious. I I have to pass that on. So how did they uh, deal with 3,000 brand-new baby Christians? Uh, They went public. They responded to Peter's message. They got baptized. They got taught daily God's word. They, they grew. They were discipled. They were devoted to one another, generous, taking care of one another. Uh, number four, here we go, verse 42. They were devoted to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. Verse 46, they broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Verse 47, they were all about praising God. Um, I would just kind of say here, to summarize, they ate together, they laughed, they worshipped, they got connected with one another, they just became family with each other. The word fellowship here is the Greek word koinonia. They were friends, they were family, they were connected, they just loved on each other. And and they have this wonderful balance. I like this. Um, Robert... Sometimes they met in the temple. That was probably the only place. Uh, I'm confident no other place could hold 3,120 people. Temple. So sometimes they met corporately, and in other times it says they they scattered out and they were meeting in homes. And remember, a lot of them didn't have homes, so they went and they ate together and probably had to sleep there, and and they enjoyed each other. And it says... They didn't just eat together, but they broke bread together. Listen, and that means they were celebrating communion, the agape feast together. We're going to do that next Sunday. But, but they gathered together. They ate together. They remembered what Jesus did for them together. It says they prayed together. They were just enjoying one another. I think they were laughing. They were, they were just having a blast by being connected to one another. And here's, here's what happens. And, and then as they enjoyed koinonia, um, then other people said, I, I think I want in on that. Isn't that cool? Uh, other people said, that looks really good. I, I think I want some of that. And, and just by living out love and koinonia and friendship with each other, other people were attracted. And they, too became a part of that early church. It's pretty cool. Verse 43, here's what it says. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Verse 47, and the Lord added to their their number, how often does it say? Those who were being saved. Like every day, lives were changed. Every day, people said I'm not exactly sure what's going on there, but I, I, I want, I'm going to get in on that. And, and they came, and they heard the teaching, and they saw the love and the connection and the prayer and the worship and, and the enjoyment of each other, and then they too became followers of Jesus Christ. It says that lives were changed and stuff happened that the only explanation for was Jesus. Did you catch that? There was miraculous stuff going there. And when they came and, and, and they, were, they were following after the teaching and loving and taking care of one another and worshiping and enjoying fellowship with each other, listen close, God's stuff happened that the only explanation for it was Jesus. They weren't chasing after signs and wonders, but when they did it God's way, there was miraculous stuff going on. The only explanation was Jesus. And I'm just telling you, that's still going on today. When, when you're doing it, God, you're not chasing after signs and wonders, you chase after Jesus, you chase after God's word, you chase after koinonia, taking care of each other, being generous with each other, doing it God's way. And when that happens, there will be stuff that the only explanation for is Jesus Christ. Now, now here's what you need to know They taught, they challenged, they witnessed, they reached out in the power of the Spirit. People responded, they got baptized, they went public, they started growing and learning and they were being taught and they, they got grounded and discipled. Um, they started sharing and getting generous with each other. They were eating together, praying together, worshiping together. And then those people, then they reached out with their story and other people responded, are you tracking with me? And, and, and it started all over again. And some of them responded. And, and did you know that's been going on now for 2,000 years? And that's still God's plan today. Somebody passed it on to you, didn't they? Somebody somewhere along the line, they got it passed on to them and they grew enough and now they're a follower of Christ and they lived it out and, and they had enough credibility with you so that when they came and told you about Jesus, you said, yeah, I think I went in on that. And now it's your job to get grounded, to get discipled, to go public, to get baptized, to learn to be generous, to learn to feed yourself and share your faith and, uh, and now connect here in, in the church body and then what's your job then next? And then you need to share the good news and pass it on to someone else. And then, God willing, they'll, they'll keep the cycle going. It's been doing this for 2,000 years. Somebody got it to you. Now our job is to pass it on to the next generation, to the, to the people around me. Are, are, are you following the pattern? Or, or is it going to stop with you? Okay. Are you going to keep going? Or, or, or uh, I don't really have time for that. It worked. It still works today. It worked for 3,120, it'll work for seven, 800 of us in northern Michigan, Henry. It's God's plan. It's still working. Now it's our job just to keep going. Let's pray as we close. Lord, thank you for uh, your book. It's alive. It's active. Uh, I believe many of these principles still apply to us today. So we just calm our hearts right now. And would you show us what your word, what these words mean to us as your church? Make yourself clear. Where uh, we've come up short, where we need to make some adjustments. Would you show us, Lord? And Lord, more than that, where uh, we individually come up short, where perhaps. We're uh, needing to adjust. Would you make that clear too? Speak, Lord. We're listening. The Apostle Peter's whole message was this Jesus Christ died on the cross for you he shed his blood for your greatest problem and mine were sinners Jesus Christ willingly took your place in the grave dead physically bodily early Sunday morning he didn't stay dead literally, physically, bodily, arose from the dead. He did that for you. That was the message. 3,000 people turned from the way they were headed, and they turned toward the cross and the good news of Jesus. They believed those facts, received Jesus as Savior and Lord. Have you done that? That that's the first most key critical thing in life. Anybody say, I need to do that today. Today is the day of salvation for me. I'm not gonna think that maybe I hope today I want to cement that in. Anybody lift up your hand? I'm not gonna embarrass you. Yep. Anybody? Yep. Anybody else? Today's the day of salvation for me. Now, here, here's the great news. We've got some folks who just lifted up their hands, um, and you need to know the gospel is facts. These are facts that need to be believed. So right where you're seated, you can just write in, in your seat right now. You can, you can, by faith, say, Jesus, I believe. And why don't we all say that? Jesus, I believe that you are the perfect lamb of God. And Jesus, I believe that you took my place on the cross. And Jesus, I believe that you shed your blood for my greatest problem, and that's that I'm a sinner. And Jesus, I believe that you took my place in that tomb. And Jesus, I believe that early on Sunday morning you didn't stay dead. Because Jesus, I believe that you arose from the dead and you did that for me. And by faith right now, Jesus, I receive you as Savior and Lord. Come take charge of my life. I surrender all. I'm ready to follow you all the days of my life. Okay, we had some hands go up. Here's here's my challenge. Before today's up, you need to tell somebody what you just did. Hey, I just want you to know, today I believe those facts and I received Jesus Christ, the person of those facts, as my Savior and my Lord. Okay? And then we'll help you get going in the process, you know. We'll help you get steered so you can go public and get baptized. We'll get you so you can start getting trained and discipled and taught. And we'll help you down the road, okay? So this is just the first step. It's a great first step. But don't stop now because you don't want to just stay a baby, right? You want to grow. Lord, work powerfully in these hearts and lives. Thank you for your book. Thank you that it uh, still changes lives today thank you that you're still up to stuff that can't be explained other than what you are all about your son jesus it's in his name we pray all these things